Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by John, as always, on your The Panthers Shook Up a Lot of Shit Today edition. John, how are you doing? I'm just trying to stay on top of everything, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, It's pretty clear what's going on, but before we get into that, let's just briefly get into the 49ers game. As we predicted during our podcast, that was not a fun game to watch. (laughs) I don't think anybody's going to dispute that. I know you didn't even get to really watch it, you said. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I watched the – I was watching Charlotte FC last game of the inaugural season. Didn't want to miss it. Hmm. And I was like, I watched that. And it was – the game was at – that game was at, like, 2.30. They started later than normal. But I thought, you know, I'll watch that, and then I'll get to the Panthers game, like, first quarter-ish, and then we'll watch it. But I also had to play softball because that's what I do on Sundays. And um, so I left a little. I basically watched the like second quarter before I had to be at softball. And then I saw the score and I was like, ah, I really don't <laughs> want to go back and watch the rest of this game, which I would have. I would for you guys, for the people, so I could talk about it in an informed manner. But all the stuff that happened on Monday. I was like, well, that's just going to be the dominant thing to talk. Like, no one cares what happened in the 49ers game anymore. No, I mean, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to do myself do that to myself. For those of you who didn't watch the game, the Panthers lost 37 to 15. Um, Baker Mayfield did have 215 yards passing. You know, the rest of the game was just shit. Um, so, yeah, the Panthers didn't lose by 50 by. 40-something points, so at least that was some progress since 2019. But other than that, yeah, I don't really <laughs> I don't really even want to talk about the game. I mean, it's the same story. The offensive, the offense is just disjointed. I will say, props to the offensive line. Ika McQuanu had the highest-rated PFF grade by an offensive lineman of all season on Sunday. Oh, wow. Which is pretty good considering, you know, the Niners are really fucking good. So, at least on defense. But... Yeah, it was more of the same. Baker played. He didn't play well. Then eventually P.J. Walker came in. So P.J. Walker's probably going to start next week. But it's going to be interesting to see that because his boy Matt Rule is no longer the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Yep, which which I know a lot of people are uh, super excited about, which I guess 
I get on a high horse right away. So last, I think it was last time we talked, and I was like, I think it's dumb how people get so passionate about wanting a coach fired midseason. No, it wasn't and, just you. Yeah, and that's not to say that like he deserves like that. I thought he was doing a good job, and like that the Panthers should move on later in the season. It's just that people, I think, forget that firing the coach midseason accomplishes nothing. And what we get now is my next favorite part about the whole thing is when people are like dancing in the streets celebrating a man losing his job. Yeah. Which I think is always very tacky. Like, yeah, didn't work out. Wasn't a great coach, but like, dude got fired from presumably his dream job and was a failure at it. And we're all just like dancing on his grave. I, I just, I don't like it. I don't really and people care. are going to be like, and then it's like, well, he's rich. It's like, yeah, but rich people still have feelings. So I don't know. I don't like, I just, I, I think it's, I just don't like how it looks when people are that, uh, joyful and outwardly joyous over the like you know like i said a dude like basically failing and losing his presumably his dream job because that sucks for anybody no matter how rich you are uh, he's got 70 million reasons why to see you know. don't do that that's so annoying <laughs> i actually feel worse for phil snow because phil snow actually has done a good job since he got here yeah which by fine. the way if you didn't know phil snow also got fired because he was a rule guy yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to be, say if it's because he's a rule guy as much as, you know, uh, we we have a new head coach, and the new head coach is going to make sure the people that are on his staff align with his visions for the team, and Phil Snow and Steve Wilkes do not align, apparently. Now, I mean, there were rumors that they had some kind of uh, disagreement about how the defense should be run. I don't know how valid those are. I've never heard them come from reputable sources yet but still i mean it, it makes sense for steve wilkes to just move on and be like i'm going to take over the offense or the defense and ben mcadoo will just handle the offense so we'll see where it goes um but yeah i mean like you said like walker said literally hours before <laughs> the announcement that matt rule was fired happened uh, it doesn't always make a whole lot of sense to move on from your head coach this early in the season because you're basically punting in the season. It's just over. Um, yeah. I think that I think that Tepper's reasoning is just that he thinks that maybe they can turn it around and be competitive, but I don't really know. I mean, Baker Mayfield was bad behind a really good offensive line. I mean, Sam Darnold's coming back from an injury at some point. I've I'm. I'm pretty much all but 100% betting on the fact that Darnold will take some snaps. It's also possible that Baker doesn't take another snap as the starting quarterback again, barring injury. So, yeah, I mean, for all the the happiness that Rule's gone and that the team is moving on from him, like, this is going to be a rough season. Which, yeah, I mean, as soon as it was apparent that Baker Mayfield is just not good, that was always going to be the case, regardless who the coach is. I don't really know if there's anything that can be done. Like, I don't think Steve Wilkes is, is is changing enough to make this team any better. I mean, how much can he really do? I mean, he's got the same right. – ro- he's got a new roster. He's got the same roster, but it's not like he's adding players, like signing free agents, drafting players. Like, you know, he's just got what's left over from Rules regime without Rules guys running the squad. So, I yeah, think – Yeah, and he- then plus – 
everything's established already that's like this is how we do things and you gotta like if you want to change the culture or change the approach of things like you're basically back to day day one of training camp type stuff to an extent so it's yeah the if there's nothing's going to change overnight no and i think part of that there were a lot of people who were like, well, why wasn't Matt Ben McAdoo fired? Well, fuck, like Steve Wilkes is a defensive coordinator, defensive backs coach, you know, like he's not going to run the offense. Al Holcomb, his new defensive coordinator, he's not going to run the offense. Like you need somebody to run the offense. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, like, somebody's got to say that. We can't fire everybody, like. At least not now. Yeah, do a whole mid-season coaching search. My hope is that Steve Wilkes somehow retains a job on this defense, even though I know like a lot of people want just a fire sale, get rid of everybody. Um, but Wilkes is a good coach. Uh, I think he kind of got uh, pushed into the head coaching job a little too early just because of his one season of success as Carolina's defensive coordinator. Um, so I kind of hope they find a way to retain him, even if he is the defensive coordinator. Um, but yeah, I mean, McAdoo's probably gone. Not sure about Fitterer. I feel like fans want Fitterer gone. I haven't really had a huge issue with Fitterer as a GM, but nah, if you're really you going to start new, yeah, I guess you just got to fucking fire nah, everybody. Like, no, don't. Like, it, Scott Fitterer's only had Matt Rule as a coach. So if Matt Rule's the failure, you got to let Fat Matt, like, you got to let Scott Fitterer prove that he, like, exists independent of Matt Rule, right? Like, Matt Rule was hired was here before Scott Fitterer got here. Marty Marty Herney and David Tepper hired Matt Rule. Um, so you got to let Scott Fitterer hire his guy to give Scott Fitterer a fair a fair shake, especially because like I know he's he's partly a blame for the the quarterback situation and stuff, but like that's also very hand in hand with the head coach. Like you gotta, I, I think you got to give him like a real shot at hiring a coach that aligns with his philosophies and see if it works. Cause I do think, I think his mindset's right. And I don't, and I think that's more important than the end results as dumb as that might sound. Like the way sports team building works is like significantly luck based. So as long as you're doing the right things, you're kind of at the mercy of just like some good bounces and some good luck for things to go to like, separate you from being really good at your job or being bad at your job. So like, I think, I think his processes are good. So I, I think he deserves to at least like help hire a head coach. And then that's, that's the, the, like, you know, that's who he's linked to. And that's what determines whether he keeps a job long-term or not. Right. Like if we hire a new coach and the team doesn't get better, then you oust the two of them as a package deal and bring in a new package. But I don't think it's fair to, to, you know, pin him to Matt Rule when he wasn't even the one that brought Matt Rule here. Yeah, if it was the inverse where it was, uh, you know, Scott Fitterer got fired today, I'd be 100% on board with being like, all right, we'll get rid of Rule at the end of the season where right. Fitterer was not involved with hiring Matt Rule. He was just brought in to supplement Matt Rule. Um, right. It's like I when, know... when we fired Marty Herney and we kept Ron Rivera, the first, like, it's like that, or no, the other way around, but yeah. No, that's what happened. That was they fired yeah. they fired Herney the first time around and kept Rivera, and then the second time right, around that's right, they, that's right. they fired Rivera and kept Herney. And kept around, Herney. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that Which, that part never made any sense. Like, 
Like keeping Herney around kind of made sense because he had familiarity with the organization, and uh, obviously David Tepper had just come on as the owner, so that did make sense. Like I, I really I like the fact that Scott Fitterer at any point can just make a trade, and like like Herney never did that. Like even right. Gettleman really never did that. Like there was never a time where I was sitting there thinking, "Oh, Carolina is gonna be gonna be in on this trade." Where with Fitterer, he absolutely is. So. I would yeah. like to see him get a chance to pick a head coach, especially I think that the whole failing with Matt Rule was the fact that David Tepper was so involved with the hiring process. And granted, you know, he owns the team. He has a lot of money invested in this. But I kind of hope that maybe this time around they'll just let the people who are paid to scout talent and scout coaches like make the decision and just get him to sign off on it rather than being so involved with the hiring process. But right. that probably won't happen just because David Tepper is, you know, hands-on guy, hedge fund manager, probably thinks he's the smartest guy in the world. So, you know, it's shitty. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like when David Tepper took over, uh, fans of their team want the owner to not be involved but they also want the owner to be involved and to care it really no one knows what they want the owner to do so um but yeah i I think there's a fine line between jerry jones and robert Kraft. yeah right so it, it just it's just one of those things where and this happens in football for everything but like everybody just wants whatever decision is made or like whatever style of uh leader like whatever style of owner or coach manager whatever uh, everyone just wants them to be the other kind. It's always mm-hmm. better. Like grass is always greener situation, but of course that's football for you, especially if you're <laughs> yeah. a Panthers fan. Yeah. Which I mean, you can't get like less green than it is right now on this side. So. Oh, I am what? excited to see Sam Darnold get a, get a chance to play behind <laughs> this offensive line just because it'll be fun, whether it's bad fun or good fun. Yeah, I mean, he's this is the the fairest shake he's going to get, right? Yeah. Which I guess the now I guess we'll pivot on that because we we've kind of alluded to it, but we haven't really talked about it straight up. Um, Baker Mayfield, all of this is like happening. Like Matt Rule's fired, Phil Snow's fired, all this stuff is happening, like coaching staff and stuff, and also Baker Mayfield's out for a few weeks. All mm-hmm. announced on the same day. Yep. It's a high. It's the PJ. Right? The P.J. Walker show next week. Yeah, it's a high angle spray for Baker Mayfield, right? Yeah. So, yep. uh, He's going to be out for, they said a couple weeks, but generally high ankle sprains are like four weeks. So. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a, a race, right, between um, uh, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield of who gets back first, right? Pretty much. I mean, granted, Walker you know, knows the offense, so he might look okay next week, and I don't know. I think we know what P.J. Walker is. P.J. Walker is going to he's going to chuck the ball around the park, and he's going to throw a lot of incomplete passes and try to throw, like, four to five interceptions a game, but it's going to be electric. He's going to be an electric factory. He usually only tries to throw two. (laughs) Generally, two is the the number for him. Um, But... Speaking of personnel, um, 
So now, obviously, the talk on all of Twitter is who are the Panthers going to trade away because they're apparently in fire sale mode. I don't see that. I think they're just, I think they made this move specifically to, I should say, Tepper made this move specifically to try and like right the ship and be somewhat competitive, which I don't know how much of I agree with that, but that's what it looks like to me. But everyone's been hitting me up saying, okay, so what team's going to trade for DJ Moore and what team's going to trade for Christian McCaffrey? And, uh, yeah, I hate the idea of both of those things happening. <laughs> I guess if you're if you're the Panthers, it depends on how quickly you think you can bounce back from this all, right? Yeah. Like, if you think it's going to be, we need to tear it all down, start from scratch, then sure. But I don't necessarily think you have to do that. I think the I think the 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 bones of this team are pretty good. You just need a quarterback and a competent coaching staff. And once you have those, you just you need good players around them. If you have the good players around already, you might as well keep them around. I could see McCaffrey getting moved on from, only because. Think, oh, go ahead. I think I think if you do that, it has to be you have to like get someone to overpay for him, right? Like I think someone said the bill. I think I saw the bills are like the bills are testing the, ones, the waters. Yeah, yeah, you got to get like a lot from the bills because you can leverage. You have all the leverage. The bills have no good running backs and this is like their time to shine like this is their Super Bowl window so to speak. Like they aren't looking at future assets. They don't they don't hold future assets with any sort of value. So you gotta be like you gotta make them really overpay for McCaffrey to make it worth your while. Because you also gotta remember like with how and with how I don't know jaded the fan base has become that if you get rid of every like everybody's favorite player on the team. Um, it's you really got to make it count. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta put asses in seats at some point too. Right. Which if McCaffrey is currently the best player on their offense by a wide margin, um, and if you mail it in for three for like two or three seasons again for a rebuild, you're losing Jeremy Chin, probably J.C. Horn, definitely Frankie Louvu, probably Brian Burns, um, McCaffrey. You might hold on to DJ more, but I feel like he's going to be pissed off, you know, three seasons and do it. So it's a weird place to be in because they actually have a lot of talent. Like this isn't the, the 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars where they have like Trevor Lawrence and then like nothing. They have right. talent. They have talent. It's not it's they could very easily have like a Saints level draft next year and turn around and be a playoff contender. Quarterback's going to be the big thing, and I think that's that's kind of where I'm at with the McCaffrey trade. It's like if you're going to trade for if you're going to trade McCaffrey away, you better come up with enough draft assets where you can trade up to number one overall pick in the event that this team fucks around and wins like four games left in the season. Because they right. could, like every game aside from the Niners game was competitive. Yeah. So it's just. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's that's, a real tightrope to navigate. <laughs> we're 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 uh, on a collision course with every Panthers or not every, but seventy five percent of Panthers seasons of, uh, yeah, we're good. We're like boy, th- boy is this team bad? At least we'll get to draft a, a difference maker. Oh no, we've won four games in a row to end the season. Yeah. Now, now what do we do? All it takes is for PJ Walker or Sam Darnold or even Baker Mayfield to get hot for a few games and suddenly they're sitting at five wins and we're like, well, what the fuck? 
Yeah, and if you wanna if you wanna take that as the the I don't know consolation prize for like from here through the end of the season, um, I don't see any games in the schedule that I'm like, oh, we could win that one. There's just like the Broncos and Steelers at home, and I guess Saints. the Falcons at home. Yeah, but at the Saints, uh, uh I mean, Saints depends are significantly better than the Panthers. Well, it depends on what quarterback survives the season. Yeah, but still. But yeah, that's 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 kind of what. So I guess there's consolation in that. There's some solace in that fact. But I I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it solace. It's just you know. I I always say this. Returns. <laughs> it's it's definitely too early to think about that right now. Like that's something that you start thinking about in like December. And also, I mean, I'm not gonna tell anybody how to be a fan of a team, but it's really hard to root for your team to lose. Like, I don't know. I, it just, for me, it's always been a tough, like, balancing act on Sundays where it's like long term, it's good for this team, for this game to lose. But I still kind of like want to enjoy watching the games. So. Oh, my thought process on, on it is very simple. I'd like the near term returns because you could always end up with another Matt Rule who tanks the franchise for three years. I just like to feel good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and I always think, like, I've kind of, um, I don't know. I think in general, I'm like a fan of the idea of like wanting to try to get better all the time as mm-hmm. opposed to like the it's very in vogue to like tank for assets and then and then we'll be good later. But I feel like that's almost like a how do you put like how would I say this? Like it's a way to like buy yourself time in like the job as like a general manager or a coach. It's just like if you're bad on purpose and we make it expected that we're bad. I can't be fired if we're bad. Like I have, you know, there's nothing you can hold against against me because I've completely removed expectations. So, but I don't, I just, I don't think there's any way the Panthers are good enough for them to not be in the conversation for drafting a top quarterback prospect, which this is a good draft for quarterbacks. So we'll, um, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Can I bring up a quick aside real quick? Yeah. So you remember that that uh, podcaster who brought up all these like random allegations of what was going on with the Panthers coaching staff and uh, disconnects? Yeah. So he decided to go on Twitter and just like quote tweet a guy who who tweeted at him over two weeks ago with a clown gif, obviously. And uh, professional basically said the guy basically said. You know, you've just been hating on this team the entire time you've been around. And my response to the guy's clown gift tweet was, how is Rule getting fired confirming anything you posted? You want to know <laughs> what response I've gotten? Nothing. Nothing. No, you won't. You won't. Yep. No, nah, it's just it's just a uh, like this. This justifies what I said. So, like, that means I was right. But yeah, just because like, like it's like a blind squirrel finds a nut, right? Like, so Pretty like, much, like I, I, that's the one thing that has really annoyed me about the Matt Rule tenure. Even though I'm like at this point, I'm pretty much happy he's just fired and gone, just so we can move on. But there's just always this like real like bias towards him. Um, yeah, to the point where I don't feel like he could have succeeded unless he like made the playoffs this year, which would have would have been a tall task since Baker Mayfield has played like shit. I just feel I'm just very tired of like the very negative 
outlook by all Panthers fans. And granted, they may be justified because obviously a bunch of coaches got fired today. So, but I've just always tried to be like positive and be like, I understand certain moves they've made. I've understood certain decisions they've made, whether it's been good or bad at the end of it, like Sam Darnold, for example. And it just really like grinds my gears to have to deal with fans who are just constantly fucking negative. Like, don't be a fan if you're just going to be fucking angry all the time. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. No, no. Like, and that's kind of what I was saying before about like the vitriol and like the celebration of him getting fired. It's just kind of like he was a dead man walking and no one really wanted him to succeed anymore. And then I think I've said this in a previous episode where I don't know if it was about Matt Rule specifically, but it was just kind of a thing that people do in general where like we've decided that we don't like Matt Rule. So now going forward, it is impossible for Matt Rule to do anything right. Like even if he does the right thing, it's wrong, you know, like and and people don't like to, you know, dissociate the actions from the person taking the action. So no matter what he does, people are going to clown on him and like not give him any credit and everything. Every since Matt Rule is basically Matt Rule bad. Every action Matt Rule does is bad. And that's I don't think there was any really coming back from that or any patience left for anybody to like give him a real fair shot at improving this team from where it was. Not that it was going to anyway, apparently, but still. I mean, to give to give Matt Rule props, I mean, he built a very good defense. Yeah. He did that. I mean, yeah. They tried. I mean, it, it, it sucks because like the Matt like they were apparently like Matt Stafford was not coming here. I would have been really upset if they traded for Deshaun Watson, but just to objectively look at it, Deshaun Watson decided he didn't want to be a Panther. Like, you know, there's only so much you can do. Like, yeah, you got to get a quarterback and they tried, they tried their damnedest. Like it would have been back in like the Marty Herney days or like the uh, John Fox days. They would have just stuck with a guy like Matt with like Matt Moore or like Jimmy Claus and been like, well, it's not working out. I guess like, you know, it is what it is. So I'll give him props for trying. It just didn't work out. Yeah. And I do wonder if there's more red flags and we kind of know about based on how people don't want to come here or haven't wanted to come here. Right. Cause it's not like people, players don't go to team. It's just not like, it's not like being a bad team precludes players from wanting to play there. You know what I mean? Like, play, like, no. Like, like the Dolphins have been bad, and Tyree Kill was like, like super pumped to go to the Dolphins this past off season. Like, you know, winning and losing isn't the only thing that factors into the the quality of a situation. No, I mean, really, what I'm looking forward, what I really want to see them do, is just make this offer as attractive as possible for the next head coach. Like. Whether it's we're going to spend our first round pick on a quarterback and you can tell us who it is. Whether it's retaining guys like Brian Burns. Uh, obviously, Jeremy Chin and uh, J.C. Horner probably locked down at this point. But they have a good offensive line. I mean, really, you just need a decent play caller and a decent head coach. And this team could be very easily a 500 team next year. Very easily. So Yeah. If Yeah, if he... Uh... I mean, I guess if if we if the quarterback position becomes like hot, like playable, passable, or like yeah, passable—that's the word I'm looking for. Then 
yeah, this team's, I mean, the team this year is, I think, even with the less than stellar, like, you know, the the coaching turmoil, I guess you could say, is, is not, is like mediocre quarterback play away from being like two, like, you know, not completely out of the running for anything, like for being around a 500 team. I mean, I know you didn't get to sh- a chance to really watch the game, but like the offensive line held up pretty well against the 49ers. I mean, Baker got sacked quite a few times, but part of that is, you know, Baker being Baker. <laughs> right. But they're, they, uh, they graded out quite well. And like I said earlier, Ika Mukwanu had his, probably his best game as a pro as far as, uh, PFF is concerned, but yeah, I mean, it's not like a situation where this, this isn't like the, the 2021 Jaguars or even like the 2020 Jaguars where like they have nothing. There's plenty of talent. You just got to keep the guys happy and yeah, hopefully retain guys like McCaffrey and DJ Moore. I think Robbie Anderson's fucked at this point. I think he's gone next season, but yeah, I thought it was always, it was strange that we signed him an extension anyway. Yeah, it really was. Like, he hadn't really proven anything after. His first season was really good. I'll give him that. Thousand yards by a guy like him in an offense led by Teddy Bridgewater is good. But then last season was probably his worst as a pro, and this season he's better, but not not nearly to that level again. So, yeah. It's just very interesting. The last thing I want to talk about. Baker, there were six sacks against the the Panthers. So it wasn't like the offensive line was perfect, but I thought that they were at least when the game was competitive, that they looked pretty good. What, um, one last thing I want to talk about on this is I feel like people are going at David Tepper. And I feel like, especially people are being going at him for him being agitated in the press conference he did today, which I guess like, what are your, did you get to watch all of it? I watched some of it, but I was at work, so I didn't get to watch most of it. For one, I like respect David Tepper actually like doing a press conference and like taking questions because he didn't have to do that. Um, but I don't know, like the little snippet I just saw, it was like uh, he was going at uh, I blink on his name, Scott Fowler. Yeah, but like Scott Fowler asked a dumb question. So like, of course, of course, he was gonna be agitated. So I don't know. I I, I David Tepper has his, his faults as an owner, but like I don't know. I think it's just I I feel like everybody nobody everybody just lumps everything into one situation, right? Like if if the failing of Matt Rule or whatever, it just like means that David Tepper is a failure and, and Scott Fitter is a failure and the quarterbacks are failure. like, everything is bad. It's like, like there's good in here somewhere. And like, I think there's, I think there's some, like he deserves some of the blame, but also like, I, I guess he gets credit for uh, having the press conference to begin with, just in terms of a like professionalism standpoint. And then also, I feel like people just like want him to sit up there and just like take a lashing and just like apologize for everything or something. I don't, I don't like, what do people want? I guess is my question. Tepper is well-intentioned. Um, yeah. My kind of issue with him is just that he just makes a lot of weird decisions as an owner, like going to, going to turf was kind of, that was very much a like capitalistic move to yeah. make more money rather than, you know, make the Panthers a good team because people keep getting hurt now. 
Um, As is but, the case when you go to turf, yeah. But at the same time, we're stuck with Tepper. It's not like he's going to get fired anytime soon. You can't fire him. Right. Like, unless he just, unless there's some stupid scandal that comes out, like, he's going to be around. So I like his thought process. I like the way he goes about trying to be successful. I think he just kind of fucked up with Matt Rule. And there's really not much you can do about it aside from just fire him, be like, yeah, I'm still going to pay him all this money, but we're going to move on from him. Like, I think it would have been a a major mark against him if he just kept Matt Rule around all season and was like, well, we're going to go into year four and see what he can do. Like, at least he cut ties while, you know. I mean, that's also one of the things that (laughs) everybody's always wanted another to do, right, is be willing to spend money for the good of the team and, like, you know, and pay money out of their own pocket. And he so, does. I mean, like with right. their with with a lot of their extensions. I mean, like they went from being the Jerry Richardson team where they went they'd get into cap hell and there really wasn't a whole lot they could do about it aside from just sit on it. Where Tepper's just like, hey, I'll just pay this guy a giant signing bonus and make the cap go away. Like I'm not really even worried about the thirty million dollars over the cap they are next season, just because I know worst case scenario, David Tepper's going to go like, all right, well, I'm going to pay this guy a giant signing bonus and this guy a giant signing bonus and this guy a giant signing bonus. And then we'll cut guys like Shaq Thompson if we have to, you know, so it's not all bad. Could be much worse. I mean, we could be dealing with the fallout of Urban Meyer and the shit team he put together, where at least Carolina has some talent that they've drafted. I'm really, con- I'm really not sure what's going to happen with Brian Burns, though. That's the one where I'm kind of not entirely. Why? I don't know. I kind of just feel like they will look at him as like, he's a pass rusher. That's really all he is at this point. As- I'm- aside from like the splash plays here and there where he blows by an offensive lineman. I'm just, I'm just not sure if they'll actually re-sign him after this season. I don't see why they wouldn't. No, they absolutely should. I'm not saying that they shouldn't. If it was my decision, I'd be like, yeah, pay him whatever the fuck he wants. He's a good defensive lineman. But I just don't know. Like, the whole the whole situation is very much up in the air to me at this point. Because I just don't – like, I just – I don't see like, – like, not that I'm not – I know they should and we want them to. I just also don't see why they would not. Like, there's nothing prohibitive about it. It's not like the cap space is needed. Um, and he's 24. Like he's got, a, he's very young for a player coming off his rookie contract. He's like, tw- cause he was 20 when we drafted him. So I see no reason why there's, I, I see no incentive to let him walk. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, do we want to move on to the Rams game, or is there anything yeah, else you want to I think discuss? We, yeah, I think we could talk about the Rams real quick. I, I, I feel like similar to the, I don't know, brief 49ers recap, I don't think this is a topic that a lot of people are super antsy to hear about, but no. I mean, we do on the show, so we'll look ahead to it. Um, I guess I'll start in, by, by saying the, the Rams look like a slightly better version. The Rams are like a souped up version of the Panthers, right? Like they're this, the same like dysfunctional mess on offense, but they have a defense that's kind of holding its own well enough to keep them in, in things, but they're just like a little bit better at the stuff. Both sides. Yeah. Cooper cup's still good. The Panthers' leading wide receiver this season is Robbie Anderson with 13 receptions for 206 yards. Do you want to know how many receptions and yards that Cooper Cup has? I know Cooper Cup has like 42 catches. 49 receptions for 527 yards in the same amount of games. (laughs) Yeah, Cooper Cup, like her leading receiver is basically like a game and a half for Cooper Cup. Yeah. Cooper Cup is basically Steve Smith at this point. I mean, yeah. Without the chip on his shoulder, but yeah. For... uh... Maybe he has a chip on his shoulder. He's just not as uh, vocal about it. But uh, first triple crown winner since Steve Smith. Yep. It's good company. And J.C. Horn, I don't know if he's going to play this week, so that could be a huge problem. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, if J.C. Horn doesn't play, which, by the way, I guess to circle back to something for the 49ers game, like, good, like, kudos to you about the whole J.C. Horn, Debo Samuel matchup thing and for at least the first half that I got to watch, uh, Debo Samuel had like one touch. Yep. So, good job. J.C. Horn was all fucking over him. That's why he was my guy when the Panthers drafted him in 2021, because he's just fucking good. Yeah. He's so, a- uh, if he plays and he's healthy, probably want to just continue to do that all the time, right? For yep. the other team's best wide receiver. Yeah, that's what I would think. I mean, he's he's just a shutdown corner. And by the way, Debo Samuel had two receptions for 20 yards. Granted, one of them was a touchdown. And two rushes for 12 yards. So that's pretty good considering Debo Samuel is one of the premier weapons in the, in the NFL right now. But yeah, I mean, J.C. Horn's going to be hard to retain in a few years because he's clearly already at the level of being an elite NFL corner. That might be a hot take, but I think that's true. Yeah, I think he's I think he's definitely trending that way very rapidly. Uh, it is year two of five years under team control, so I wouldn't worry about that too much right now. But um, we'll we'll worry about that in twenty twenty six about how hard he is to retain. Um, but I think the the thing, and this is where Brian Burns can to to bring him back into this equation. Um, the Rams, much like the Panthers last year, have like no offensive line. No, they don't. 
and then Matthew Safford's like maybe kind of bothered by an elbow injury and can't throw and you know he's already getting beat up and is getting older and so I'm amazed that Cooper Cup is able to produce the way he is because the rest of that offense like is in shambles. Yeah, Stafford got sacked five times against the Cowboys. Yeah, which is partly the Cowboys and just Michael and Michael Parsons just being unreal. But I mean, Brian Burns is having himself his best season so far. So this is a good chance to to take advantage and get a, especially against someone like Matthew Stafford who's not mobile, which I think is like where Brian Burns is best because of the way he kind of takes his angles and stuff. He really he's good at getting to that spot at the back, but sometimes he can get kind of run out of the plays or get run away from by guys that can run. So I think I think it's a good chance for him to tee off and fluff his numbers up a little bit. Yeah, I also think that this, like, I honestly think this is a game the Panthers somehow win for whatever reason. Like, just coming off of the firing of Matt Rule, the reorganization of Steve Wilkes, I think that maybe Steve Wilkes will have him a little more prepared. Because that's that's been the consistent thing with the Panthers this year, this season, is that they just – whether it's usually the offense, but they just don't look prepared at all when they start the game. Right. So I mean, defensively, yeah, because we like don't we don't give up opening drive touchdowns, but otherwise, yeah, it just like the first quarters of games have been a total mess this year. I don't think we've. Yeah. Got, I don't. I mean, this is me being just talking out of nowhere, but I just I can't remember us having anything encouraging at the beginning of any game. It feels like we just like come out and punt away within the first like three three like real life minutes of every game we've like already punted the ball away yeah i mean aside from those random big plays they have which are very random yeah Yeah. it's been pretty much the same story um but this is a this is a team where the panthers are built to actually play them well i mean their defense is basically built to play against the pass-heavy offense, and the Rams are a pass-heavy offense. So I could totally see them winning this game and everyone being like, well, why the fuck do they fire Matt Rule? And it's like, well, this is why, because they're good. They're decent. They're not a, they not, they're not a, a number one overall pick-type roster. So, Yeah, I, just, I think – I also think the, the thing is, though, like the Rams are – Coming off a couple tough defenses, and we'll see if they uh, I, I, they've had a tough schedule so far. The Rams have, like they their losses are to the Bills, the 49ers, and the Cowboys, and then they did str- they like dominated the Falcons for most of that week too, and then they kind of went Falcons on the Falcons, and mm-hmm. then they had a kind of like run of the mill, pretty like stayed in control of the game most of the time. Uh, win over the Cardinals. So I feel like if you're a Rams fan, you're in the Rams organization. Like you're looking at Sunday as a get right game. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, this is kind of funny. Uh, so it's in Carolina, right? Panthers yep. are the home team. What do you think the spread is right now? Nine points. It's Rams minus 11. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's wow. a two and three team against a one and four. The Rams are one game ahead of the Panthers in the standings and they're 11 point favorites on the road. So, and apparently a lot of the money's on the Rams. 
So that now I would say to to the if I'm and I'm doing I've like been really bad at like making our picks for the tally side thing, but if it's me, I'm thinking that's a lot of points. Like that's a pretty good chance to like go like bet on the Panthers like on the against the spread because 11 points is a lot of points for a Rams team that's not scoring a lot of points. Like you know the Panthers don't have to like I don't like the over under is 41, which means the Rams have to win what like I don't even I can't even do the math right now, but like 26 to 15. Mm-hmm. Which, like, that's a lot of points for the Rams to score this year. All the Panthers need is a good game plan against Cooper Cup, where they hold him to like less than 100 yards receiving, and this is a close game. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's like we said. That's like their entire offense right now is Cooper Cup. Yeah. And whether, regardless of what the Panthers do, Matt Stafford will do his hardest to make sure that stays the offensive game plan because his the the target share is pretty absurd for Cooper mm-hmm. Cup. It is. <laughs> it, was, it was. I'm gonna pull it up right now. But the last I saw, it was like something to the point where you feel like it might be like negatively impacting. You would think it's like a negative impact on the rest of the team. So, uh, especially for wide receivers. So Cooper Cup leads the team with 64 targets. Next is Tyler Higby, the tight end, with 48. Uh, second on the team in wide receiver targets is Ben Skoranek uh, with 24. Wow. So Cooper Cup has almost three times as many targets as the next wide receiver on the team. Again, hoping J.C. Horn is healthy and just put him in his face the entire game and see what the fuck happens. It worked last week. I mean, yeah. it didn't work because I mean... they lost, but yeah. <laughs> but it worked. To, it accomplished that particular phase of the, the goals. Like, right. that goal. That individual goal was a success. Like, if you're, like, these are our keys to victory. Like, you got a check mark in that box. The rest yep. of them didn't get check marks, but at least, you know, the 49ers are also much more in in their current iteration uh, diverse in their attack and their sh- and strengths on offense. Than yeah, the they run the ball right with now. six goddamn players a game. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, defensively, I think the Panthers can hold their own, but that's been the story of most of the season. Um, but the the problem again is going to come down to like what what is going to happen on offense like mm-hmm. i know that the offensive line has been fine and so the the rams defensive line doesn't look as ferocious but like they're really good against the run and aaron donald or yeah uh aaron donald's aaron donald and like pj walker as fun as he is and i feel like he kind of kind of looks better than he is because of how like pretty of a ball he throws and how much he attacks down the field. But like he has never been an effective quarterback. So I, I, I feel like, I don't know what the offense, if the offense like scores, does the offense score? Is my question. It will. It'll be at least a run or throw to Christian McCaffrey for at least seven, probably like two field goals as well. So it just depends on what the defense does. Um, I, it's funny too, cause like, it almost feels like the, uh, on net, the defense is scoring more points than the offense for the Panthers, which makes no sense in, in the sense that like, if the defense generally is allowing points to be scored and the offense is the one scoring points that like, you know, by nature, the offense is going to be like plus whatever for the season and the defense will be minus whatever, but mm-hmm. 
the defense has scored two touchdowns in the last three weeks, and the offense has given up a touchdown and barely scored their touchdowns of their own. So that that kind of scoreline is way too close. Like the defense mm-hmm. is almost beating the offense in terms of points given versus points uh, or points scored versus points allowed. Yeah, really going to depend on if Frankie Louvu plays because he's the uh, scorer for the defense, whether it's forcing a fumble or taking it himself. <laughs> Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, he's been involved, but that uh, I mean, and Matthew Stafford's prone to pick sixes, so I guess the defense has that chance to to help out. They have no chance. It's fine though. The the, the Panthers as, as a team. Yeah. Oh, you said they might win. I I agree with you though. The only thing I, they I have want to believe them, it, but yeah. I I. But you would. I could see it. I just don't yet. <laughs> like I'd have to see it on the field first. Yeah. So, like I and wouldn't I have... be surprised, but I would be. I'm not, not counting on it. Yeah, I'm not counting on it at all. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to. Have... I wish I had more like things prepared, but we're doing this way earlier in the week than normal because of the news today. Mm-hmm. But, um. But yeah, it's like I guess there's like a chance they get the the new coach bump or like you know the head coach gets fired bump that seems to happen a lot. Um, and then that in conjunction with the Rams being maybe a little unfocused and not that great this year, they can maybe mm-hmm. surprise them if they get some big plays from the defense. Cause you know, Matthew Stafford has his random weeks where he turns the ball over like very, either, either a lot or in very, like very, very disadvantageous situations. Mm-hmm. But I think the more likely scenario is just the simple scenario in that the Rams are a much better team than the Panthers and the Panthers are falling apart at the seams and the Rams are going to come in here and dominate the game and we'll have another sad Sunday. Yep. Jalen Ramsey on DJ Moore is not going to help DJ Moore being frustrated. So, (laughs) yeah. 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 I kind of, I don't, we said, we said the same thing last week going to the Fort Niners game. I would like to be able to do this show and be positive and upbeat, but I mean, there's not, I don't, I don't know how to spin things positively th- that don't come across as like obvious attempts to, to pander to people. So right. we're not going to do it. Yep. Well, we want to get on to scoring predictions then, John. Yeah. Fine with me. All right, I'm so gonna... I'll give the I'll give you and the random number generator a chance, and I'm gonna say twenty-one to seventeen <laughs> Panthers. I'm gonna say <laughs> I like how uh, how much faith you have in the Panthers that you're like throwing mm-hmm. the game. You feel like you're throwing the game by picking the Panthers to win. I'm gonna yep. say uh, Rams twenty-seven, Panthers twelve. All right. And the random number generator says Panthers 23, <laughs> Rams 8. Random number generator is losing its mind. Yeah, it really is. So <laughs> we'll go with the real quick breakdown here. So RNG is 2 and 4. No, 2 and 3. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say they've only played five games. Yeah. So I am two and three. No, three and three. Or three and two, I should say, because uh, 49ers, Cardinals, Giants. And John is 
and three. Yeah. One and four? Nope, two and three. Two I and three. To, okay. I picked them to beat the Saints, and I picked them to lose to the 49ers. So it's a real close race. We're only It's only a one-game spread right now. So we'll see what happens, but I'll... I'll err on the RNG side and say maybe the Panthers actually win this game just because I don't care. So, but um, to wrap up the show, I wanted to uh, share something from our old pal, Ron Rivera, because it's very funny. Um, he had a press conference today and someone asked him, why is your team further behind the other teams in the NFC East? And he said, quarterback. <laughs> And wow. as a person <laughs> who's always been a Carson Wentz um, opposer, I thought that was very funny. I mean, he's not wrong, but at the same time, <laughs> like, you know, you guys went and got this guy, so. Yeah, it's similar to the Baker Mayfield situation. Is like, well, maybe he'll be better for us. And then turns out he's just bad. Yeah. And his yeah. MVP caliber season was all mirage. It was just a lot of a good Eagles team being around him and him being an athletic freak. And yeah, I I, came crumbling down. I think part of the reason I root against Carson Wentz, other than I think he's just not a great person, um, (laughs) is that I was like really early on the Carson Wentz is actually bad take, even when he was like everybody's MVP favorite. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, he's not good. He's just throwing a lot of touchdowns because his team is so good and they're calling pass plays around the end zone. He's not good if you like watch him play. And then now that the, whenever he's been in a not ideal situation, he's been like horrendous. And I just feel so validated in my take that no one knows that I had because no one cares about what I think thought in 2017. I just enjoy the fact that he has two fan bases that vehemently hate him and he's probably about to have three after this season. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, I think Eagles yeah. fans despise him. Colts fans now despise him. And I think Washington is coming around as well <laughs> to just despising him. So he's going to be probably one of only, one of very few first round, like top three quarterbacks where every team he's played for hates him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not even like, a, you know, he, he, we gave it a shot. It didn't work out. Like, like, I don't think like, I, I mean, I don't know. Panthers fans can be spiteful. I was going to say. Like, I don't know if people are going to, like, vehemently hate Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, but maybe they will just because they're bad. We'll see. Sam Darnold's going to come back, and he's just going to show us all why we shouldn't have traded for Baker Mayfield, because that's my chaotic take. (laughs) So. We'll see. Uh, But anyway, we got anything else we want to share before this Sunday's Uh, game? No, that does it for me. All right. Well, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, Matt Rule is fired, so we can move on. We can hope for greener pastures. Stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk to you soon. See you.